0: Every year, hundreds of thousands of hospital patients in the United States experience falls, and up to 50% of these incidents result in injury. Many patients are also at risk for self-harm, wandering away from their room, or other threats to their personal safety. It's Tuesday, December 4th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. Margaret McDonald met with Jackie Abbey to learn about the program recently introduced at OHSU to help reduce patient falls and other risks. Continuous video monitoring provides constant observation to help keep patients safe.
1: So I'm Jacqueline Abbey. I'm actually the acute care float pool assistant nurse manager. I'm fairly new to this role and then um, most recently picked up the project of continuous video monitoring and I'm the clinical nurse oversight manager of that particular program.
2: So Jackie, tell us about continuous video monitoring. What is this?
1: Continuous video monitoring is a program that we actually purchased from um, a company called Avisys. And essentially, what it's used for is um, to enhance patient safety. And so, whether that be prevention of falls, patient harm, elopement risk, essentially, what it can do is help provide some resource allocation for what traditional hospitals call sitters, but we're actually using using it um, in replace of our patient safety attendant. Having PSAs at the bedside can be pretty resource intensive, and therefore this program allows us to essentially deploy 10 mobile units in place of one PSA. How does it work
2: within the patient room?
1: Okay, so within the patient room, there is a mobile device that can um, just simply be rolled in. It's wireless over a secured network. There's a fairly large speaker that's on this video monitor, and it allows you to see 360 in the room of the entire area. So, you know, you can see from head to bed. And then there's also a two-way audio and the ability of the tech on the other side to actually talk to the patient through the the speaker, but then also to set off a stat alarm if the patient continues with behaviors that might be concerning, such as getting up and they're a fall risk. If they continue to get it up despite verbal prompts, the video monitoring tech, who we call a VMT, can set off a stat alarm and get staff in the room fairly fast. We have an average here at OHSU of 10 seconds of response time, which is actually five seconds below the national average, which is pretty great. So there's a continuous video monitoring
2: camera in the room, mm-hmm. and then there's a a video monitoring tech who's watching the screen, how many screens is that tech watching? The
1: tech can watch up to 10 screens. We have 10 mobile units. There's fairly big um, pictures of each individual camera on that screen so the tech can monitor simultaneously um, patients who are at risk.
2: What about privacy issues? How do patients and their visitors react to the idea of having a camera in the room?
1: So it's really all about patient education. Um, the pr- first part of the process really is identifying, hey, this patient's at risk. They may or may not need um, a PSA, a patient safety attendant, and or a camera. So the nurse has to make some decisions there. Once that patient's deemed as someone who could be on continuous video monitoring, um, the nurse goes straight into the room, provides education about what the video monitoring is. And she gives very distinct instructions such as, you know, this video camera does not um, record. It, it's really just a safety measure to watch the patient continuously. It doesn't record audio or video. Um, we can speak to you through the monitor, but you can also ask for privacy. So maybe there's an important conversation going on between the doctor and the patient. Maybe there's um, personal care being done. And so therefore, the. The family can request the nurse to ask for privacy. And what
2: does privacy look like? Is that a switch or does the camera need to be rolled out of the room?
1: So the nurse actually just calls down to the tech, the VMT, and the tech can put it on privacy mode. And what we call a veil kind of goes over the screen for the tech. They do set timers on it to remind them, but it's really all about educating your patients and um, ensuring that they understand that there really is no recording. This is all about patient safety. And um, really, when you start explaining why we're doing it um, to family members and the patient, there really seems to be no issues in regards to, oh, okay, I understand the reason behind this. And they have an option to refuse, too.
2: What type of safety issues might be happening in the room and what type of feedback then would the video monitoring tech give the patient?
1: So for example, if we're watching a patient because they are a fall risk, so the things that the VMT, the video monitoring tech, may be looking for is, hey, is this patient getting fidgety in bed? Are they moving their legs? Are they putting their legs over the side of the bed looking as if they're you know, anticipating a action to get up? Many times nurses will just put on the bed alarm and when that bed alarm goes off, they will run in the room and save the patient. But the problem with that is it's delayed and or it could be a false alarm, whereas if the stat alarm goes off from the VMT on the camera, it's verified. You know that that patient is getting up. A human presence saw that patient getting up.
2: The stat alarm means the VMT actually enacted the alarm from that station. Right. And then the nurses on the floor can hear that alarm and get directly to the room.
1: Right, exactly. The nice thing is if you hear that stat alarm going off and it's a distinct sound, you know that the patient is getting up and something's happening that requires clinical staff to get in the room immediately.
2: And if it were a smaller incident and clinical staff did not need to be called to the room, what type of feedback can the video monitoring tech give into the room?
1: So the video monitoring tech can talk to the patient. They can use their own voice and say, you know, hey, Mr. Smith, can you try to get back in bed? And really, that's our first intervention. We always try to talk to the patient. A lot of times they respond, get back in bed. If they don't and or if they're talking to another patient and, um, you know, someone else on a different monitor starts to get up, we can actually use pre-recorded responses. And the really neat thing about the pre-recorded responses is um, they're bilingual, so you know they could be Spanish or English, and um, I think we even have Russian and Cantonese capabilities, and there's many other languages that can be purchased. But the nice thing is you have options if your patient does not speak the same language as the tech. And in addition to
2: falls, what other situations are there?
1: We're using it a lot with elopement risk, suicide risk for low or moderate suicide risk. Just any safety kind of situation, you know, maybe it's just that the patient's pulling at their lines and tubes, they're confused, they keep taking off their C-collar, they're pulling at things that are supposed to be there to keep them safe and to get them good medical care. If a patient's not cognitively aware that they're doing that, then really someone needs to be around and or there to remind them. And unfortunately, having PSAs at each bedside is really resource intensive, and we just simply don't have enough CNAs to provide that. So. This is a really great surrogate to a PSA. Really, it's one PSA watching 10 patients. And although that can sound like a lot, the way that it's set up with the technology really allows for the ability of that tech to watch very closely and very clearly many patients at once.
2: What type of experiences have we seen since continuous video monitoring has been at work?
1: So the video monitoring techs, you know, there are CNAs from the float pool. Um, They're especially picked for this position. I've really seen a lot of growth with um, this particular group. They're taking a lot of ownership and just joy out of trying something new and providing this new technology. I had one particular tech tell me that she was about ready to leave the field as a CNA because she was just kind of at the point where she didn't want to do it anymore. But the ability for her to be a VMT and work in the CVM station is going to keep her around. And so just hearing that story, was really great. And then also just seeing how amazing our nursing staff is. I mean, our response times are so fast compared to the national average 10 seconds versus 15. And that's in response to the stat alarms. Beyond that, the use of technology and medicine is just going to continue. So this is a great first step. It's really awesome to see um, cameras in the rooms and working and the nursing staff actually, you know, taking on this very new device and um, ingraining it into our culture. It It's not an easy task and it's it's hard to do because, of course, having a PSA in the room may be a little easier because, of course, that's one-to-one care. So this, this really requires a lot of the nursing staff to get in the rooms and be responding and answer every call from the VMT, which is a lot. They're calling the nurses constantly, but they really have been amazing. And getting in the room, adopting the system, and trying it out, and really that's all we can ask.
2: Can you give us an example of a patient experience that was really helped? By having the VMT watching and sending a nurse when it was needed,
1: it happens every day. We had about 5,000 falls prevented um, last month. One particular good catch story that came out was that the tech had caught a seizure. Many things like this have happened where the tech has noticed, you know, hey, this is not right with this particular patient. Maybe the oxygen was going down on um, the monitor, or maybe they were looking a little fidgety. There's many things stopping um, patients from smoking in the rooms. You know, we've had that, too. Um, or even calling code greens when um, uh, patient unfortunately started to escalate and became a little violent against the staff and the VMT felt that the staff was at risk so they called a code green. A lot of things happening day to day that it's pretty amazing when you look at the numbers and we know that because we have a dashboard and every time they click or put a verbal intervention in it goes to a dashboard and we're able to allocate that data in real time.
2: Tell us a little bit about the data that's being collected and what you've seen there.
1: The vendor provided a dashboard that goes along with the technology. So every time a tech is doing a verbal intervention, a stat alarm, all of that is captured into a dashboard. You know, you can pull that minute by minute, but you can also just look at it from a month's view. Um, It just gives us those data points so that we can ensure that we're improving, that we're utilizing the system, and um, it also lets us know why we're using it. So most of the time we're using it for fall prevention.
2: Are there specific metrics that OHSU wanted to see.
1: We are looking for a reduction in falls. We would love to see our fall rates go down. And using resources such as this um, to help just put an extra eye on patients who are at risk for falls is really important. Um, we've yet to see a huge decrease in our PSA hours, but that's also because we're continuing to adopt the program and uh, figuring that part out. So, um, you know, right now, again, we're at 90% utilization, so we're getting there. And we'll, we're hopeful that with more education and continued thought process around why are we getting a PSA, what are the nursing interventions we can do before we get a PSA. So this is bigger than just um, the video monitors. It's really a whole process of how do we decide which patients truly need that one one at the bedside. A video monitor, a camera will never take the place of a person and therefore you know there are going to be times that patients truly need someone in the room. It's really important to always focus on patient safety and I think what this program can really provide is extra resources that you know don't cost extra money and when we don't have enough CNA staff to send out to the rest of our hospital um, really by taking that one-to-one there's not a CNA elsewhere. And so I think what this just truly provides is just another resource to nurses that isn't gonna drive up your HPPD, that isn't gonna drive up a budget somewhere else. HPPD? um, Hours per patient day. And the nice part about that is it's nursing driven. You know, I can decide in that day for my shift, um, for my patient, that they really need an extra NI. They need an extra person who's trained to watch for those cues of falling. Um, there one-to-one. I would have loved to have this on the floor when I was still there. I, I would have probably used it all the time because it's so nice just to know if someone's watch, watching your patient and will call you if there's a problem.
2: That's fantastic to hear. Thanks for joining us today, Jackie.
0: OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Margaret McDonald and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson filling in for Patrick Holmes. See you next week.